Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. The long wait has ended. Since the Cheez-It Bowl wrapped up, the greatest bowl game in human history, we have been waiting for this day to be here. And the Frogs are practicing there on the field. We have people running routes and people wrapping up in practice. Football season is here. We play football this month. Let's dig into it on this episode of the Frogcast. Jeremy and Daniel, good to talk to you guys. Let's just dig in here right away. We'll get to our sponsor, Teen Life, about halfway through the show. I want to start with our good friend, Jeremy Clark. Jeremy, you're out there. You're plugged in. You've been able to get out to practice. You've been able to talk to the staff. Let me just start with the most, uh, just put you on the spot. What surprised you the most in the first few days of practice and media availability? What's your biggest takeaway that you're like, wow, I did not expect that? Hmm. Well, I mean, there's really nothing surprising. I think going in, we all knew there were going to be big question marks at the quarterback and who's going to start. Uh, there was kind of the, the mention, he, he said this in the breakout session, that Brent Bowen probably not going to be ready till November. So that's a big blow uh, to the defensive end and – Really, I mean, he's been injured his whole career. I, just, I, I don't even know if the guy's ever going to get on the field. But, I mean, overall, uh, you know, it's it was pretty laid back, media day presser. I mean, he didn't say really too much that we already didn't know. Um, when, when you go out there and, and watch practice, it's kind of a you, – you go around, you can't take notes. You just watch as much as you can and try to remember as much as you can. But you know, from folks I spoke with Friday, I, everyone wants it. The main thing is – if you want to know about who the second string guard is, I mean, golly, you're a diehard frog fanatic. But the the regular generic TCU fans, college football fans, they want to know about quarterbacks, and that's really what I focused on in talking with people. And and I guess the big thing that surprised me uh, when talking about quarterbacks was just the fact that you know Gary said Justin was closer to being a hundred percent, and it just seems like. He's he's out there, but and he's and he looks healthier to me, but he's just not getting that much action, many reps. So we can dive into that later. But it's, it, I mean, I I don't know, Jeff. It's kind of a long-winded answer to questions, but that's just what I know for now. Now, did I read this story right? Did we lose a kicker because of a scooter accident? This yeah. seems to be the most TCU story uh, I can find. Yeah, he was uh, Cole Bunce was coming to practice and got hit right before uh, right before he got to campus. I think it was just right around the corner. So, um, any truth that the the plate said Oklahoma? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, that's... how would you? You got to figure if they got one guy that they're going to take out, it's it's Cole Bunce. I mean, that that's probably who Lincoln sent down there to do that. So, well, you know, you never know because I mean, the the battle was it's it's going to be between. Jonathan Song and Cole Bunce. I mean, not Cole Bunce, but uh, Griffin Kell now. Yeah. And you wonder how much Cole Bunce would, would have made that competition even greater. But uh, I, I think just watching those guys kick yesterday, they both looked pretty confident. They both had good So kickoffs. you're saying it's an in-house job. <laughs> Could be. You never, free know, up scholarship. you never know. Free up scholarship. <laughs> I noticed it said there were no injuries, but he was going to probably not be able to play. And I was like, that's that's how they get things done in Fort Worth. Yeah, well, Coach P couldn't elaborate on it too much. I mean, you can't get into the private lives like that and discuss yeah, what, I get what happens. But, yeah, he, he, told us, he told us all afterwards. And I say all of us. It was just me, Drew, and Melissa um, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the post-practice pressure, which kind of surprised me being it was the first one. But uh, – yeah, I mean that that was that was pretty shocking to to hear that, but I think they're still going to be in good hands with Jay Song and 
Griffin Kale. I think so too. I'm looking forward to Griffin Kale getting out there. You know, that kind of summarizes, we're going to dig into obviously quarterback and some other things that are going on, but uh, you know, those are some good takeaways. I'm, I'm just glad that practice is, is happening. I'm glad the team is back out there on the field and I'm glad that you're able to be there to, to get us the scoop. Daniel, we're, we're roping you back in now. You're coming back off of injured, injured reserve. I know you're usually about four bourbons in by the time we record in the off season, but we're, uh, we're going to start loop, looping you in here to get some feedback. You know, I know you follow the team as closely as I do. I know that uh, you bounce in and out on the message boards most days. But from what you've heard, what Jeremy's told you offline and online, who who would you, who do you think is going to have a breakout season? And, and it could be a starter from last year. But who do, who do you see going to that next level to where people not only in the Big 12 but beyond the Big 12 are like, whoa, i got to keep an eye on this guy. He sure is making some plays. Do you mean besides Mike Freeze? Besides Mike Freeze. And bes- oh, okay. And besides Dwight Smith. Yeah, those two right. are always off the table. Yes. Um, yeah, just based on, you know, what I've seen and heard and, and, and things, I, I really look for a, a lot out of Garrett Wallow this year. Um, there, there's other players that we already, you know, kind of know what to expect. Like, you know, look at Blacklock. I mean, that's – he, he may have a monster season, but we've already seen him have good season. Um, but he, you know, could have an even better one. But someone kind of like, like we said, breakout new, and you know, just kind of really come on the scene. I think he's going to be busting some heads, and um, it's. I think it'll be good to watch. I'm a big Garrett Wallow fan. He his highlight tape out of high school was probably my favorite defensive highlight tape I'd ever seen and mostly because every time you know the ball was in the open field and he would get a beeline to the ball carrier it was like his hair was on fire and his whole goal was to drive through them it's it's nice in this world of arm tackling and targeting to see a guy that knows how to wrap and lift and drive to the ground I think that's what Garrett Wallow does I'm I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you I think he's gonna be a breakout player obviously he started last year obviously he was a big contributor last year and you know had had an impact in 2017 I, I think about that uh, rec- kick recovery in the Oklahoma State game that he and Ennis Gaines played a role in. But I think Garrett Wallow is going to turn some heads in the Big 12. And in a league that needs some defensive stars, I think he's going to step to the forefront. So I'm going to go ahead and agree with you there on Garrett Wallow. All right, Jeremy, you already alluded to it. Let's get to what we all want to talk about. Quarterbacks. You have uh, laid out that, that Alex Delton has taken the most reps with the first team that Mike Collins, not not Michael, Mike Collins, Mike Collins. and uh, Mike Collins and Max Duggan are taking the reps with the second team, and Max is working a little bit with third team. Mike went first with the second team, and then Justin's been working uh, down down the list from there. Justin Rogers, tell us a little bit about what what can you tell us about the pro uh, the the state of the uh, the quarterback race aside from just who's ranked where. What do you see that What do you see in here that you like? What do you see in here that is of, of question or concern for us? And you know, moving towards Arkansas Pine Bluff, that powerhouse out of the great state of Arkansas, who's going to take a first snap? So I think we all know the answer. To that's Alex. But what's the storyline behind all of that? Yeah, I'll answer that one first off. Alex is going to take first snaps. I mean, it's it's uh, they're not going to come out and say it, but I think it's his job to lose. Um, and it it isn't isn't it great to hear my voice because. When I posted that little nugget on on uh, Friday about the quarterbacks, they, people thought I was going to get taken out for that little bit of information. It's it's uh, you know pretty pretty tough to get some of that information out of the first first uh, day of camp. But the thing I saw yesterday yesterday on Saturday was it was 
I want to say this, but I don't because I know we got some knee jerk fan reactions. It, it wasn't bring it, (laughs) bring it. I'm I'm just sitting here looking at my wall and just thinking if I should say this or not. It, It was, it was, it was honestly an up and down day for the quarterbacks. Um, I've seen, you know, when, when I saw them in the spring, it looked a little bit better. There were some good moments. Um, and, and, you know, based off what I was told on Friday, uh, Alex Delton looked good and Max looked good. The the one common theme I'm hearing is is the way they're taking reps, the order that in which they're taking reps. Delton's taking the first team reps. Uh, Mike will get in there second. Max will get in there third. And Justin will get in there fourth. As far as the one-on-ones yesterday, on Saturday, it just, none of the quarterbacks looked really good. Alex threw a threw an interception. Mike threw an interception. Ennis Gaines, man, he looked really good at defense. I mean, he he had one of those inter- interceptions. He he broke on an out route that was just man, it was he looked so good. Ennis Ennis looks like he's back to form, by the way. But the deep ball, there was a couple throws where Alex underthrew a guy, and you know, Coach P's back there yelling, "Throw it further," and. He, it's not that he can't throw the ball far. It's just that particular play. I don't want people to build mountains out of molehills when I say that Alex didn't throw the ball deep a couple of times. There were other times he did throw the ball deep. So don't go jumping off the cliff or thinking TCU's going to go six and six with Alex Delton at quarterback. Even Justin Rogers, who's got a phenomenal arm arm strength, underthrew a deep ball yesterday. Uh, the one on ones, I I couldn't tell you who looked best. Uh, I, I do know that Max and Justin didn't throw an interception. Uh, I, I do know with Max, he didn't get a ball batted down, but he did airmail a couple throws where they were about two feet over receiver's head. So he, he wasn't perfect. And and really, if if I was just judging based on one-on-ones, I couldn't tell you who looked the best. When they got into Pascali, which is basically another form of seven-on-seven, I would say Max looked pretty good in that, in that drill. Uh, Alex looked pretty good. Mike looked good. They all look good. Justin looked good. Uh, team drill, and I mentioned this on the board. Team wise, Max was more consistent. He had the big play, and he also Max had a, also had a big play to T Hunt in the pass. Kelly, he, he had a deep ball, but he completed he completed three vertical balls uh, in 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 team. And granted, and I said this on the board, that was against the second team and even some of the third team defense. He didn't get any of the the reps with the starters on offense, so it's kind of it's kind of and he and he didn't go against the ones. Actually, he did go against the ones when he had the third team receivers, and none of the receivers could get open. I mean, they were he had they gave him three seconds to throw and they start blowing the whistle. But overall, I would say in team, Max looked the best. Uh, and kind of the thing that you know, Drew and I talked a lot out there. We watched together and. Kind of the the common ground that we both had was it's it seems early on at least from what I was told on Friday to what we actually saw on Saturday Saturday that it looks like for now that the three quarterbacks that Coach Patterson and Sonny Cumbie both said that they wanted to narrow this down and, and focus more reps on is Alex Mike and Max and people are going to say well Justin's not healthy and. He's, he's not completely healthy. He's getting better. But the thing that I've been told about Justin is it's it's not his forward move it, movement. It's his lateral movement. It takes him – once he gets going to where he can get up to speed, he he's fine. 
but it's just those first three or four steps lateral that he can't get away from a rush. And, and one person told me straight up, if this was a pro style offense and he had to do three and four step drops, he would, he would be hurt even more. Um, but with him being in the shotgun, you kind of have a chance to get rid of the ball uh, a little longer, but it just, it, it, to me, to me and Drew and, and, and even Melissa, it just seemed like Justin kind of looked defeated out there a little bit. It, not that he was moping or anything, but it just kind of, it, it, it kind of looked like the three guys right now that were getting more of the reps were the three guys I mentioned. And we'll see how it goes. It's like Sonny said, it's a fluid situation. It could change from day to day, but all I know is from Friday to Saturday, it seemed to be the same three guys I was told. Uh, and then we'll go through next week. They'll have more practices and then they'll have a scrimmage on Saturday when the pads come on and that, that can completely change the game. So it's right now, uh, I, I would just tell you, be ready for Alex and Mike against Pine Bluff and maybe Max, uh, as far as Purdue, it just depends on how they play that opening. You game. know, one of the things that I want to, I want to hear your feedback on when the time comes. If you can, I'm sure they won't let you in to take video, but maybe you can get some some sources to share with you. I want to know the difference between what Max can do in seven on seven versus what Alex can do on seven on seven. And I, I think Max is built to excel there, but I think what Alex is so good at is his ability, his escape, his escapability, his speed, his ability to uh, make things up on the run. And so, what I want to see a a eleven on eleven full speed with what Alex can do um, under, you know, in the shotgun, because I think he's got some intangibles there that I think Max will exceed him on by the time he's a sophomore, but just in terms of what they're able to do rolling out there specifically for the Purdue game, I think it's going to be interesting to see that how Alex is going to be able to separate himself once they start to hit. And once they go, once they go full pads, because I think that's going to be the real difference. And it might be the only edge that I, in my interpretation of what's interpreted to me, I think the biggest difference for Alex is simply experience right now because I think Alex, I think, I right. think Max is going to be good to go. I, I, I'm not going to be surprised if by week two Max is ahead of Mike Collins, and um, we're, we're going to get into that in a second. But I really am interested to hear what happens when they go full speed, full gear, eleven on eleven, because I think that's going to give Alex a chance to thrive. And and they might they might blow the whistle dead. By the time he breaks free and starts running, but that could be an eleven-yard yeah. pickup on third and seven that he just makes happen with his legs. So I will that's going to be the thing that's that's the telltale. Go ahead. I will say off play action and, and bootlegs, Alex gets out there fastest. I mean, it's not even there, there's no question. Com- compare him to the other quarterbacks; it's not even close. Um, Max, Max mm-hmm. is second, but it just seems like if I was to rate this in Madden terms or NCAA football terms, where people can understand where they get. Uh, the speed ratings, I would say Alex is like a 90 speed and Max is about an 85 and then Mike's like an 83 and then Justin's about an 80. So, I mean, that's he he does have that mobility factor going for him. And he, See, you should have just said that at the beginning <laughs> because that's what all our under, listeners will understand because we got a lot of dudes that are still living with their moms that listen oh, yeah. to this show that play Madden all the time. And they would have, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's and, and, he, <laughs> and he did have some good throws on the run. Um, but like I said, I mean, I, I don't want people building mountains out of molehills if I say something bad about a particular uh, guy that day. And it's and it wasn't just me it, just forming this opinion. I mean, you can go read Drew's reports. I'm sure he's saying the same thing about the quarterbacks. And it it's it was kind of, you know, it, it was really easy to see just 
watching and, and evaluating each one of those guys yesterday. But it those, those three gotcha. guys, I, I would say right now, are the ones that are going to be getting the most reps. All right, so Daniel, I want to give you this question. I, you know, I'm a big fan of Alex Delton, but I'm also a bigger fan of Max Duggan. And I think Max's ceiling is much, much higher, even this season. And I also think that Max's ceiling is much lower this season. So our floor can be much lower. Would you rather go 9-3 and three with Alex Delton, and your losses are to Oklahoma, Texas, and Oklahoma State, and go 9-3 and three with Alex Delton? Or would you t- rather roll the dice with Max Duggan, where you could go 11-1? and one? Or you could go seven and five, and it's fifty fifty. You know, you're gonna. It's fifty fifty. You go eleven and one or seven and five with Max Duggan. Do you want to go with Delton at nine and three, or Max at eleven and one, or seven and five? So with Alex, that's the constant. That is what we. That is as far as wins and losses and who we lose to. But with Max, yes. it's a fifty fifty variable. Yep. Who are the losses? This is an important thing. <laughs> for the seven and five yes all right all right so the 11 and one is a loss to oklahoma in norman all right i think we you know sure. i think we could all acknowledge that in the seven and five is uh oklahoma texas oklahoma state purdue and baylor okay i'm out on that that's all you jeff all you okay, had to do was say I I was, the first one <laughs> I was, I was going to say tech but i don't think tech's going to be any good this year no, no. Okay, so you pick. It's either Baylor or Kansas. We lose to Kansas two years in a row. <laughs> I don't mind losing. Yeah, it's it's a less miles. It's an odd duck of a game. It always is. Yes. I'd rather do that than lose to Baylor. So if it's Kansas, I, I just say roll the dice because the ceiling is higher. Um, but the but if the loss comes to Baylor, you're going to stick with Alex for nine and three. Yeah, because there's just three, some three things that just can't be. And okay. just, uh, I mean, it's kind of a running joke, uh, you know, with Baylor for me. But to be honest, I don't know. Uh, yikes, because, you know, I'm seeing a lot of, you know, people thinking this might be Gary Patterson's best defense and all that. Um, Blacklock's going to rip heads off, things like that. So I want to um, – I guess take advantage of if that's possible or if that is going to be, I'd rather take advantage of that and have the offense to go with it What? rather than like risk it. And then maybe, maybe next year, let's say Max has a higher ceiling and the next year, you know, he is going to be that much better. Sure. But where's the rest of the team? So there's a lot of questions there. So I'm going to pass. <laughs> what if, what pass. if it's, right, what if it's nine and two? And all they have to do is beat West Virginia to make it into the Big 12 championship, and they lose. Would you still take Alex? Well, here's my problem. This is this is the problem. We're going to do a podcast on this one of these days. The playoff has ruined everything for me. Because if we're a two-loss team going into the Big 12 title game, we can't right. make the playoff. And we saw what that team does when they get into the game – Let's say if you get into the Big 12 title game like we did in 2017, where you've got OU that has to win to get in, and then you got TCU that's glad to be there but knows they're going to the Alamo Bowl, basically. You know that oh they could have we could have gone to the Sugar Bowl if they'd have won that game, but or whatever bowl we would have gone to that year uh, for the, represent the Big 12. 
I, I'd rather get into the playoff, into the Big 12 title game with a playoff berth on the line rather than get into the Big 12 title game at 10 and 2, knowing that you don't have a shot. Um, I'd rather go 9 and 3 and enjoy the Alamo Bowl or the Texas Bowl and beat Mississippi State or beat LSU or something like that. That's my problem with that question. I mean, I will not turn down a Big 12 title. I'll, I'll tell you that. I guess I guess I would say that. What do you think, Jeremy? You going with Alex at nine, or going with Alex at nine and three, or are you going to roll the dice with Duggan? I would roll the dice with Duggan just because if you have that chance, you go eleven and one. That's great, but even if you go seven and five, you're still getting seven wins from a true freshman. So, mm-hmm. and then you're building for the future. I mean, it, it, do they go? I mean, that's that's a chance you got to be willing to take if you're if you're one of those guys that wants to build for the future, but by some chance, some way. You get you get Trevor Lawrence like Clemson did, and he leads you to mm-hmm. it. Now. I mean, that's that's something that I would I would definitely take a risk on. At, at worst, at worst, you're going seven and five, and uh, you possibly can get to an eight win team in the bowl, bowl game. So yeah, give me seven hey, and five. The upside of seven and five is they're playing in the Liberty Bowl, which I can walk to. <laughs> so that's the upside. You know, I think about that that proposition. We do, you know, I think about on that, on both sides of the ball, but especially on that defense where you have Ross Blacklock, you have Ennis Gaines, you have Jeff Gladney, you have Lewis, and then on the other side of the ball, obviously you have Rager, you have Shaywo, you have Darius. Those are all guys that, they're they're all gone next Mm -hmm. year. I don't, you know, draft status aside, they're all gone next year. I would rather put 11 and one on the table as a possibility than embrace nine and three and go to the Texas Bowl and beat Kentucky or a beat beat Florida. You know, I would rather put 11 and one on the table. So I'm going to go with Max. I hope, I hope we see Max early and often because I think he's got the highest ceiling. And I actually think when the season gets going this year, he's got the potential to stretch the field and win those games that uh, we have to win, that we have to win to be able to beat Texas, to beat Oklahoma state in order to, to, to be competitive with Oklahoma and get a chance to, we're probably gonna have to beat Oklahoma once, whether it's in regular, hopefully it's the chance to beat them in the big 12 title game get a chance to beat him twice, probably. So I think Max is the best opportunity to do that. So, All right, let's go to your, let's go to the next question here. Jeremy, is it really, is this really the fastest defense in the GP era? This has been mentioned a couple of times. Speed baby is all over the field. Is this the fastest defense you've seen from the Horn Frog defense? Man, that's a good question because I asked Coach P about that yesterday because just watching them, man, the way they swarm to the ball, they're just fast at every position. There's not, honestly speaking, there's not a slow player on that defense, whether it's – you're going to have slower guys inside, but Corey Bethley and Ross Blacklock are probably both 4-9, 4-8 guys. Then you got O'Shawn Mathis is a 4-5, 4-6 guy. Uh, Shmeek Blackshear is a 4-7 guy. Then you got linebackers Garrett Wallow and Montrell Wilson. Both of those guys are easy 4-6 guys. And you got two corners with 4-3 speed. Then you got safeties with – four or five speed and Ennis Gaines is probably a four or five. Ernest Scott's probably a four or five, four, four. So I think collectively it, it's definitely one of the fastest I've seen uh, top three for sure. I don't know if it's the fastest I've ever seen that, that 2000, uh, 2015 defense was pretty fast. Whereas no 14 was pretty fast and 2010 was pretty fast, but this, as far as, the combination of size and speed 
in athleticism, it's the most athletic defense I've seen them have. I've never seen them be as big as they are. And I was even talking with Mark Cohen yesterday about just the transformation of the TCU players from what they used to look like. And this is no knock on those guys <laughs> that played before. I mean, there were some really awesome players in, in those previous seasons, but just the way TCU recruits now and just looking at those guys, I mean, you have just looking at the offensive line, there's four guys that are over six, six at tackle five guys, mm-hmm. actually. Oh, I mean, you have Lucas, you have Anthony, you have Andrew Coker who blocks out the sun. He is a lot bigger than I remember him being. And uh, Marcus Williams, David Bolasami, Chris Dykes, another big, tall kid. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's just amazing how big they're, they're tall and long at tackle. They're big uh, at guard and center and on defense. I mean, the defensive ends, I mean, you look at O'Shawn and Shamik. I mean, you got a six, five and six, six guy as your defensive ends and, Defensive tackles. Corey Bethley's the smallest guy at like six two three oh one. I mean, as as far as starters go, and then your your linebackers are six two, two twenty, and six three, two twenty-five. Julius Lewis would be the small guy of the bunch. He's five ten, you know, one eighty, but I mean, you look at the safeties. We talked about this a few weeks ago, how big their defense is. So just combining the the size of the defense with the speed, I, I would definitely say this is the most ath- athletic defense I've ever seen, if that makes sense. That does make sense, and I can't wait to see this defense get onto the field. So that's going to be a sight to see. When you We got all these questions about quarterback, and we should. There's some real curiosity and some real question marks there. I cannot wait to see this defense unleashed. I think this is going to be the best defense since 2014. I, 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 would, I would lean towards 2010 defense over 2014 just because – of what they they just had hammers yeah. everywhere you know that was tank that was brock you know tanner brock that that was they were just hammers everywhere and um you know not to knock the 2014 defense but this defense i think this has a chance to be unique even among the elite defenses of the, of the gp era so looking forward to that and i'm going to go ahead and agree with you i think this is the fastest and most athletic defense that that, T, that tcu has put on the field in a long long time all right, the Frogs have landed a new commit, young man out of Mississippi. Before we get to questions from the board, Jeremy, tell us a little bit about this new commit that the Frogs have landed from Mississippi. Yeah, this was a big-time get for them because they they really put some uh, you know pressure on him a few months ago, and, and not to pressure him into committing, but he, he really became one of their top targets for the 2020 class. They needed another receiver. He's athletic enough to play that position. He plays quarterback for a school, but he's definitely got some wheels. He ran an electronic four three eight at New Orleans opening. He's got speed. He's got good size. He's six foot one eighty. And people might ask, is he going to be concerned with playing receiver? TCU was very upfront with them. They told him, you may have a chance to get some snaps at quarterback, but receiver is really where we want you to play. And he understands that. He's okay with that. I mean, these this this was a good land. I mean, think about it for a second. They land a kid out of Mississippi that had offers from Tennessee and Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It's very seldom that you get a kid out of the state of Mississippi who has both those offers, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, and and get them to go two states over to Texas and and play football. So that was a big recruiting haul for them. They did a great job of landing him, and I, I think for him it was he wanted to 
to get a little bit away from home. And, and he obviously likes TCU's program a lot. And he said they were showing the most interest. And that's what I was saying earlier that they really, they really made him a priority for this class. And they're still going to take another one. If Quentin Johnson wants to call and commit, they're going to take it. So before you guys think of that question, it, it, the answer is 100% yes. They still want to take Quentin Johnson. And uh, as far as, uh, you know, Marvin Mims goes, I don't know where he factors into that. It, it would be tough to tell Marvin Mims and, and Quentin Johnson no, um, but I do know that out of those two guys, Quentin Johnson, Johnson's the guy that they want uh, at receiver. But it was funny because he, he committed in mid-July, Jimmy did, and we, we posted this last week on our last broadcast, Jeff. I said, just wait for August 3rd, a commitment's coming, and I was surprised. I, matter of fact, I was shocked that more people on the board weren't going. It's August 3rd. Any hints? I think a lot of people forgot that I even mentioned that because it came in the last, what, two minutes of the broadcast last time. So that tells me right there, Jeff, people are they're, they're stopping the show and they're not listening to our final few minutes because they don't think there's anything great left, but they would have missed. Hey, they, I don't blame <laughs> them. This, this show sucks. You know this 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 podcast is garbage. So I don't I don't I don't. But but if them. but if you asked out, <laughs> you missed out on some good info, baby. You got to listen to the fi- you, you got to listen to the full allotted time, and uh, and you missed it. We've 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 been giving away gift cards oh the last gosh, minute man. Uh, of so the last nine episodes, and nobody's and been claiming them. I've been getting thanking us for those. Uh, the the Amazon oh, gift cards, the Home Depot gift cards. We had a hundred and fifty dollar gift card to Heim Barbecue, and no yeah. one's claimed it. You got to listen yeah. to the end. You got to listen to the but end. No, I mean he he so. even said his his family's super excited because you, you know you're going to get pressure to stay at home, especially when you get those those two offers. But he even he was even making a joke saying his his grandma's painting the trees in her yard purple now. So I mean that's that's about as solid as you can get. Yeah. But yeah. Hey man, it's better if if your choice. He basically had four choices. He could go to Fort Worth. He could go to Oxford. He could go to uh, Starkville, or he could go to Scuba. And he he made the right call there by going to Fort Worth. Yeah, you don't want to go to Scuba. You don't want to end up in Scuba because the fact is, if you go to Ole Miss, there's like a fifty fifty chance you're going to be a bounce back at Scuba. Um, So because I hear that I hear they don't require you to go to class there because you didn't come there to play school. Very true, but no, that's great great addition for them. They they did a great job landing him and. I'm excited to see what he can do. Good. Appreciate your update on that. All right, let's go ahead and thank our sponsor at this time, Teen Life. If you haven't yet, go to teenlife.ngo to learn more about this amazing organization that invests in the lives of junior high and high school kids. I don't know about you, but I meet junior high and high school kids all the time in my work, whether it be at school or in the community. And man, they, they many of them are just one or two good decisions away from accelerating their life forward. And some of them are one or two poor decisions away from putting themselves in the ditch. Teen Life goes out of their way to invest in the lives of junior high and high school students so that they are equipped to make the the next right decision in their life to move forward and achieve the future that they were created for. So go to teenlife.ngo to donate or to volunteer. You will be investing in your community. And um, whether it's the shooting in El Paso or the homeless guy on the corner, man, this world needs some compassion. Here's an easy way for you to live that and to make that happen. I hope that you will follow up at teamlife.ngo in order to contribute to our community. 
All right, we got a whole bunch of listener questions, Jeremy. You already answered about a third of them, but I'm going to rapid hey, fire let's go here. All, just all in right, case they, they didn't hear it. Let's go through. All right, let's go. Let's go quick. I'm, you, you can't filibuster okay. here, so I want you to answer I'll this question. My answer is three minutes piece. <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> um, is it how realistic is it to expect that Duggan could win the starting job? I would say it's realistic right now. Not for Arkansas Pine Bluff, but I think at some point during the season, I think it would be a realistic expectation for him. I'm going to go ahead and agree it is realistic. Let's go ahead and switch to the next question. Here we go. Putting you on the spot with the fun stuff. How many games will Shawo and Anderson miss due to disciplinary reasons? Shawo's definitely going to miss one. Okay. Uh, Darius... I don't know. I don't know yet. He was out there at practice on Saturday and going through the drills, but I will say Amari DiMarcardo was the guy getting the first team oh, reps. So you've already – Yeah, and Shaywo and Darius both practiced too, but Amari was the one getting the first team reps. Well, that was one of the questions that was going to be asked was um, – is Foster stepping up? Obviously, we've heard a lot about Darwin Barlow, kid out of East Texas down there in Newton. Um, but good to hear about Foster because I, his ability to separate from about the from about the seven from the linebackers to where the deep man is is like nothing I saw in about four years of watching tape. His ability to Jeff, I think you heard me wrong. What? Not, it's not Foster. It's Demarcado. I did hear you wrong. Amari. Oh, Amari Demarcado is taking first. Re- <laughs> Yes, the Baylor hero. Well, I did hear that wrong, so obviously. <laughs> but you know what? The problem it's is okay, nobody's man. listening to this man, point, we're... so it doesn't matter. So, <laughs> No, Foster, I, I, I did see a question about yeah. Foster. Um, man, he has got some tree trunk legs, mm-hmm. dude. I mean, that kid is just rock solid. He came to camp a little overweight. He needs to lose some weight still. But uh, I, I would say if there's a thunder and lightning reference that Definitely Barlow's the lightning and, and Foster's the thunder. Both of them move well. I mean, it, it's funny to see DeMarque be able to run as fast as he is, as he can, being his, being as big as he is. Uh, with, I mean, he's – dude, I can't even tell you. He's, he is rock solid. But I, I think I think out of those two guys, it's going to be Barlow that would probably get more touches right now. You know, there's a difference between not hearing you right and not listening. <laughs> All right, let's go on to the next question here. Give us your predictions for starting center. It seems as if there's some shake up there. I'd love to hear that. Oh, Coy McMillan. Coy McMillan out of Abilene. Out of doubt, Coy yeah. McMillan. Okay. Yeah. And then backing him up yesterday was Esteban Avila. Oh, the kid out of uh, South so, Grand Prairie. I don't even know where Kelton was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Coy's gonna. Coy's a little bit bigger guy. Ideally, you want a guy that's a little bit long. And I've talked to those guys about that. You know, the way they they put these big, massive defensive tackles right over, they're, they're in the A-gap now, or some of them are just, they line up head-to-head. These 320-pound nose tackles, the Big 12 is starting to put out there now. So you got to have a little bit bigger center. You got to have a guy that's a little bit longer. Ideally, you'd want to find another guy that clone that is is a clone of Austin Schlopman. I mean, that's that's the ideal size, big 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guy. Um, but right now, I I would say, based off what we saw in the spring and the way they were doing team reps yesterday, it looks like it's going to be Coy McMillan. You know, that's interesting. I'm a big fan of McMillan. He was only about 245, 250 coming out of high school, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, he's really yeah. stepped up. 
He was a tight end. That's what end. I thought. I mean, he was a tight end. Did he play at, at Cooper or at uh, Wiley? Abilene, he played at Abilene High. Okay. Played at Abilene High. Yeah. Defensive ends, how much drop-off do you think there will be this year, and who's going to be starting out there early? Uh, starters are going to be O'Shawn and Shamik. Uh, backing them up, <coughs> excuse me, will be Adam. And uh, I'm still waiting. I think Adam Plant will 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 see some playing time. Colt Ellison is healthy now. He was released, so he's going through he's going through fall camp. Uh, I, I don't know how much he's going to play, but it's good to have him out there to add depth at the position. So uh, that was kind of a nice surprise. It, that surprise you were asking me about earlier, I completely forgot about Colt Ellison. He's he's actually going through fall camp. Uh, but man, it's tough. I mean, you can't. The drop off between having to replace the first and second round picks sometimes pretty significant, but athletic, athletically speaking, I mean, you got you got two guys that are very athletic. Shamik's kind of the LJ Collier type. He's he's a big big kid. He, he's probably not going to have a, and I've said this a lot of times before. I don't think he's going to have huge stats, but I think he'll do enough uh, things that aren't recognized in the stat column to be good uh, for this defense. You know, O'Shawn is a speed rusher. He's a lot like Ben. And I think he'll be the guy that's the benefactor of, of all the uh, pressure Shamik gets from the you other know, side. You know, Shamik is going to be the John D'Ars of the defense of 2017, in my opinion. He's going to make some key plays, good. and he's going to knock somebody on their tail. But it's what he accomplishes that you don't see that's going to be more of uh, of his contribution to the team. Not that he won't have some great moments, but I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Right. All right, from our good friend, uh, Jeff McCain, our, our patron that we're a big fan of. Uh, Jeremy, give us the latest on Quentin Johnston and Bud Clark. Quentin, it, I think it's going to be a Texas-TCU battle. Uh, he's been to Texas a lot of times. He did visit TCU. He doesn't really talk a whole lot to people. Um, I think once crystal balls start coming in, that whoever the crystal balls are for, you can pretty much take it to the bank because someone's getting some intel that is pretty valuable. Uh, so I, I, I think TCU feels like they have a good shot. Malcolm Kelly's done a really, really good job recruiting him. They they understand that this possibly could be Jalen Rager's last year, and, and Jalen's done a good job recruiting Quentin too. And I, and I think the relationship with, uh, you know, Jalen's dad, Monte, and, and Quentin's dad uh, is pretty close as well. So um, it it's one of those deals where it's it's just so tough to read, so tough to read because he just doesn't – he doesn't, he doesn't uh, you know, give away any, any hints or anything. He doesn't – he never shows his hands and uh, just he's, – he's always, he's always going to be the, the kid that's just tough to read. Um, but I do, I do feel that if anyone feels that TCU isn't in it, they're, they're wrong, but I'm not confident enough to say the frogs are going to get them with Bud Clark. It's just a matter of time to me. I mean, honestly speaking, just the way he was at just talking to me at that camp and he was just the best word I can describe for it is mesmerized by TCU. Uh, you, you sometimes get those kids that they get those feelings and then they go home and then they sleep on it. And they, they know that their emotions were pretty high just because they were on campus. But with Bud, I think it's genuine. I, I, I think that he's always liked TCU and really the fact that he had a chance to come up there 
and, and see everything. And his mom was on the visit with him and academics is huge to her. And the fact that TCU graduates a lot of their players and TCU's got good academics as well. It's closer to home. He's a safety. They play in the big 12. They play against the pass a lot. And, and TCU's done a good job recruiting Louisiana. I, I, and I've mentioned this on the board. It, it, I think it's just a matter of time and it may not, it may not come until the season. He did tell me he's going to definitely take an official visit to TCU. And, and whenever that happens, that might be the, the, the point in time where he, he go, goes ahead and commits to TCU. Uh, I, I do feel that he's probably going to be decommitting from Virginia before too long. I don't, I don't have a timeline, but I just, I just feel like he's not going to be committed to Virginia and I'm not putting words in his mouth or anything like that. That's just my personal opinion after speaking with him uh, and just seeing the way he acted toward TCU. I, I, I just don't know if he would stay committed to Virginia considering he's got a pretty good option. That's a lot closer to home that his mom also had a chance to see. But like I've said before, I think once December rolls around that you'll see his name on the signing day list. Daniel, wake up. This question is for you. From uh, from our friend Jeff McCain again, what will it take to bring back the fight song to the opening of the podcast because the natives are restless and they definitely want this back? Um, it would take a very small effort. And that's just more than I can do. <laughs> Well, I at least I respect honest. that. He's very very honest. So, in- Here, here's the thing. I don't know when uh, a couple years ago I tried doing these all on YouTube as well and they were instantly taken down for copyright uh infringement. So, now TCU's never come out and said anything. Our logo uses their proprietary font. Um you know, so they've never said anything about that either. I don't know. I guess I can put it back, and then if um, if they don't want it, I don't know if it's free use or whatever. It's on the website. That's where I got it. All right. So. Well, I, I'm going to go ahead and promise that there's a chance we'll bring it back one of these days. So I, I'm going to go ahead and suggest that we bring that back. A lot of purists want that. So, And it's not a great recording, and so it's, yeah. I just kind of got tired of it one day. There you go. Also, there's a software issue. So, yeah, I'll just whistle it every okay. day when we start. Let's do that. Can you just find the the Jurassic Park harmonica theme? This is my favorite song from a TCU football game. Arranged by Don, that's arranged called by Don, that's called lying. Arranged by Don Wilson. I'll go ahead and give credit where credit is due. All right, moving right along. Is that that is Lion, correct, or something called uh, Lion? Something like that. I'll have to look it up. I know the name, but I can't remember. I'm pretty sure. Jeremy, name the top four wide receivers um, in uh, for this season. Who's going to start on the on the four wide when the Frogs take the field <laughs> against Alpine? Or uh, John Stevens, Tay Barber, John Stevens, Tay Barber, Dylan Thomas, Jalen Rager. Fair. That is 100% correct. 
backing them up. John Stevens. How is Darius how is Davis. John Stevens backing up John Stevens? I mean, uh, Tavalence okay. Hunt, Darius Davis. Uh, let's see. Right slot. I still up Darius in the Davis. Air. Outside, maybe Heights. Okay. Heights. Or no, Barkley. I say Barkley. Oh yes, if he can hold on to the ball, he'll have an impact. Man, that kid gets so open, and I'm going to kind of call him out on this because one on one. Don't throw it to Stone Hands. Is that what you're going to say? I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to call out the DB that he burnt. But man, it was bad. It was so bad. And let's just say he had at least he he burnt the DB so bad the DB just gave mm. up. And I was like, oh boy, that's a no no. Do not because. It took a matter of 1.2 seconds for Gary Patterson to start sprinting over Get there, over there. To, to the sky. But, don't stop. <laughs> hey. We don't give up on plays at TCU. Barkley was so open, and I think it was Justin that threw it to him. And I mean, it. Justin couldn't have walked down there and handed the ball any better to him, and it went right through his arms. And I was just thinking, oh, man, that's what we heard during the spring. But he did bounce back. And had a couple other good catches during one on ones, so I, I gave him I gave him a break for that. But uh, I, I, you know, Barkley's the guy that I think could have a big year as long as he gets more consistent. Do you have any update on Obi Wan Kenobi? Hello. Hello. Did we lose? Somebody? No, I'm still here. Do we have? Any update on Michael Onamanobi, who goes by Obi-Wan Kenobi, according to Coach Patterson? It was, it was Yo-Yo. 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 Yeah. Yo-Yo. No, I didn't see him out there. Okay. He wasn't out there yesterday. I think he's he's not he's not back okay. yet. Uh, a lot of folks think Purdue is an easy win, given that they won't have any serious tests in the first game. What's with the overconfidence? Why is everybody so confident about their ability to beat Purdue, Jeremy? I think people just look at them losing a quarterback. They have the same kind of quarterback questions. Uh, they they have to replace some key guys on defense. I think they lost their starting running back, but they've got their own version of Jalen Rager too. I mean, Rondell Moore is one of the most explosive players in college football. And I think if you go back to – the what year was that? I can't remember. The year TCU beat Texas fifty to seven. Twenty fifteen. The guy that came out of nowhere that game was Cavante Turpin. So it was you you never really say that one guy could take over a game, but man, Turpin took over that game and Rondell Moore's a guy that could take over a game. But I think TCU fans overall are just a little confident because Purdue was Kind of, kind of like TCU last year. They were up and down, but they did get a big win against Ohio State. But I think they were playing with a lot of emotion that game. And I think this game, it's early in the season. They they get a, a week to a week extra to prepare for them. You give Gary Patterson a bye week to prepare for his school. Then I can see why people get confident with that. But it's not going to be an easy game by any means. If, if if they do go up there and they roll them pretty good, then that will tell us how good TCU's team is. Because I think. I think Purdue's going to be a bowl team. I think they're a 7-8 win team this year. All right, two more questions. Number one, what have you been hearing about other 
camps that have started in the Big 12. What have you heard from your colleagues? Any breaking news or kind of nuggets of information that we kind of grab onto in our camp that other uh, sites are kind of sharing that would be interesting to our listeners? Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. I haven't heard any of that yet. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I haven't really paid attention. I've just been trying to pay attention to what TCU is doing so okay. far. So you don't live and die by everything that uh, is shared on Orange Bloods? No. No, I go to Horns 24-7. I like Horns 24-7 because they, they got great coverage of the Longhorns. But, I mean, to be honest, it's been such a busy time with, with you know, us – talking to the players and coaches on Thursday. Then you had uh, recruiting stuff going on. Then Saturday, your first practice. And, I mean, I took a bunch of pictures, too, that I'm trying to find time to get to, to get posted. But there's so many, you know, pictures that you want to take, you don't get to take all of them. So I missed pictures of guys like Coker and, and Foster and Dylan Jordan. And, and Dylan Jordan, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw what Coach Patterson said about him. He said that, even though he hasn't been here as long as the other guys, he's looked just as good. And he's kind of made fun of the other guys telling them he's only been here a few days. You guys have been here two months and this is, you know, he's already, he's already right there with you guys. So that's pretty, pretty positive for Dylan Jordan, uh, especially for a guy that many thought wasn't going to even be on the uh, campus this year. So pretty good news for him. That is great news. I love hearing that about Dylan Jordan. He's one of my favorite commits of the last couple of years. I cannot wait to see him get on the field. All right. Last question for you, Jeremy. Let's just keep it short and to the point. Who is going to be the leading rusher for the Horn Frogs this season? Alex Delton. Oh, hello. I heard that. I'm just oh, okay. kidding. He'll be the second leading rusher. Uh, give me just for the simple fact that I think he stays healthier. Shewo, Alana Lua. Yeah. Okay. But I think they all, I think they all run pretty good. I think Shewo gets about 800. I think Alex ends up with about 600 and I think Darius ends up with about 600 too. But I hope Darius proves me. And, and the only reason I'm making this prediction is because Darius has missed each of the last two seasons, he's missed the final three, two to three games. Mm-hmm. So, just give me uh, that information based off previous history. That's that's my prediction. That's why I'm okay. That. that is fair. All right, we're going to bring this episode to an end. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to us on iTunes. We would love for you to follow our podcast. We are also now connected through the 24-7 site on Megaphone. We'd love for you to subscribe through that. And also, if you haven't yet, join TCU uh, TCU 24-7, hornfrogblitz.com. It's an easy way to stay connected to everything that Jeremy's able to update from his sources as well as from being there with press availability and lots of good conversation with people that know what they're talking about. In the best part of this site, there's some people that don't know what they're talking about, and they don't feel shy about sharing it. But go to TCU 24-7, hornfrogblitz.com, and join our site today. We have a we have a special running right now, two-for-one. Is that what's going on right now, Jeremy, where you can join our site? Buy one month, get two free. Buy one month, get two free. Can't beat that, man. Can't beat all the way through August 6th. Well, you need to take advantage of that. It's August 4th, got through August 6th. Please take advantage of that and join today. Also, if you haven't rated us yet, go to iTunes, give us a rating, and give us a review. It's the easiest way to promote our site and let people know if they're searching for TCU content. This is the place to land in order for you to learn more about what's going on inside and outside of the program. 
Just a couple more weeks, boys, and TCU football is going to be here taking on Arkansas Pine Bluff. Until then, for Jeremy and for Jeff, and for Jeremy and for Daniel, I'm Jeff. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast.